Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Hi, this is Ray McLennan and this is the How to Raise Money podcast and I'm here with my co-host... Me, Nigel T. Best. Nigel T. Best and we are... Once... <laughs> <laughs> shut up, shut Asshole. up. Sorry. Oh, God. No virus. We've hardly started and you're already off. Look, this... this We're episode. coming to you despite... I think, right, you know, our audience could have plummeted because we could be the last two people alive. Oh, and yeah. the future of the human population depends on us. Yep. And I don't fancy its chances. <laughs> well, as you can probably tell, even though we try not to uh, date stamp these things, uh, you can probably tell that this is now March 2020 and uh, we're in uh, at the beginning of a global pandemic, which is affecting all the stock markets and affecting other things. And um, we were going to talk about that, but you're probably seeing enough of that in the press. Yeah, so you've, you've probably had enough. I mean, we, we were only raising it the fact that obviously there's great turmoil. Uh, there's great flux, there's great uncertainty around, and that generally doesn't help with raising money or securing money no. at the moment. Um, but let's just park that to one side, right, and say that, okay, yeah, these things happen, but let's look at the fundamentals, because long-term, the fundamentals always count. And long-term, for a long time, there's been a number of banks in the UK, mm-hmm. what we call the high street banks, yep. the established high street banks, but they're under threat. They are. By, what do they call them? Well, they're, well, they're effectively called challenger banks. Challenger banks. Oh now, we God. spoke in an earlier episode about these, but challenger banks, so the term challenger bank is effectively, uh, it's any bank that is looking to challenge the big four in Britain, which is? Yeah, Lloyds. Lloyds, Barclays. The NatWest RBS, Nat West, Ulster RBS, Bank yeah, Group, that's it. Type thing. Halifax, Lloyd's, that sort of thing. Yeah. I mean, they're big four, but they're all part of the same sort of HSBC. group. HSBC. Uh, there's established players as well. There's like TSB, Virgin Money, that sort of thing. Um, and, and I suppose uh, I suppose challenger banks don't have, um, you know, they, they can't be found in the high street. They're effectively in your mobile phone. They're apps. That's, that's effectively Yeah, they could what be. They they're not well known. They're not your high street name. They haven't got the brand awareness, but fundamentally they want to kind of muscle in and do the mm-hmm. same thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, just to give you to give you an example, I mean, there are lots of them. We'll name some of them. Um, I have, uh, for example, got a couple of accounts with Starling Bank, and Starling Bank. I mean, they only got their, they only got their banking license in 2016, and they launched the first uh, app only current account in the sort of middle of 2017. But it's now got, uh, I think it's like 1.3 million accounts, and it's got uh, something like 110,000 small business accounts. And effectively, what they've done is they've built all their IT systems around their app, and they've raised over 300 million in funding, um, and they've had investment from hedge fund managers and all, and all that sort of carry on. And Starling Bank are actually pretty damn good. Um, just to give you my own experience of Starling, 
is you go online, you download the app from the App Store or Google Play or whatever it is, depending on which phone you've got. You download the app and you take a scan of your passport, you take a scan of your driving license, you punch in some details, and pretty much there and then it says, uh, congratulations, you've, you've passed the check, here's your bank account details, here's your sort code. Like, it's, you know, it takes about as long as, as that. It's literally a couple of minutes. And then the next day in the post, you get a card through the door. So it's physical, and then you can swipe and move money around and all the rest of it. And you can add in, you know, all your account details. You can add in pays, uh, direct debits, just normally, as you normally do. And it, it then also allocates it all out. So uh, by that, I mean, I've mentioned an app called Money Dashboard, where you can uh, tag your bank accounts to that. And it shows you where your spending goes. It shows you colourful graphs, what you've spent on housing costs, entertainment costs, car costs, etc. And you can match that against a budget. So that's a separate app, but Starling has that built within it. That sounds pretty good. I mean, one of the things that must really annoy the high street banks is the fact that they see these new startups leveraging technology and they have got legacy systems, legacy products, legacy buildings, people, everything, and it just makes them so cumbersome. And when somebody comes in that's relatively agile uh, on these sort of things, leveraging the new, the new tech, they must be thinking, you absolute bastards. Because um, it is so difficult for these large high street banks to pivot and offer these services. Mm -hmm. Why? Because they're just not geared up for it. They've had hundreds of years of experience saying, well, this is the way we do it. Mm -hmm. And the market's saying we want something different. And they say, well, that's all very well. Thank you very much for that feedback. But this is the way we do it. And they're struggling. Now, when they have tried to do IT projects where they've tried to streamline it, bring it up to date, uh, what happened? The other, uh, was it last year, TSB? Did they close off about three million people's access to yep. their money for about yep. a month? Or yep, they did. It was absolute chaos. So they are wrestling with enormous legacy systems. It's a real struggle. And someone like this comes along and just blitzes it. Now, the purpose of today's podcast, Ray, is to talk about challenger banks mm -hmm. and what we think might happen with them. Yep. So what are your thoughts? Uh, I think they're going to go from strength to strength um, because, uh, you know, I had somebody saying that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, saying that, uh, oh, you know, these banks, are, they're not going to, you know, it's, a, it's an app. That's all they've got. They don't really have anything else. They've not got the, you know, not got the brand. They've not got the longevity that others have. Do you think, I'm just going to jump in. Do you think people are sceptical of starting an account using an app? and taking photos of vital documentation mm. and sending it off into the ether. I think there's a this potential, you know, you've got to get yeah. over that hurdle. Just like people didn't like credit cards, people didn't like contactless, people didn't like tapping their phones. Mm -hmm. You've got to get over that. And so a lot of people stick with the high street banks. Mm -hmm. But as those barriers break down and they break down quicker and quicker, people are much more willing to start up one of these internet accounts and then they go, Wow, the customer service is actually pretty good, like you've just said. It, it so, is, yeah. yeah. You think they've got a head start? Do you think they've got... Well... Are they going to be making huge 
you know, inroads into the established yeah, banks? I think, I think they are, and I think podcasts like this are going to help. But, I mean, you know, for example, the, the Starling Bank, they're regulated by the Financial Conduct Authority, the FCA, and they're also uh, authorised by Prudential Regulation Authority, the PRA, so up to 85,000 of your money is actually protected by the Financial Services Compensation Scheme. As with as other w- banks. As indeed with other banks, yeah. Um, now, the thing is, they, they have uh, also instant notifications, So if you uh, use the app, for example, to uh, nominate that money is going to go to somebody, then they send you a text or they can call you up. You can nominate whether you want, you know, you want an authorization code by text, by email or someone to call you up. Yeah. Um, And then they they do that sort of double checking. Yeah. Um, And and so so these. And that's good. It is very good. I tell you what, when you uh, I've used various things. And when you do a transaction with a card and your phone pings Mm -hmm. instantly, as near as damn it instantly, to say that a transaction's happened. That is absolutely fantastic. And I'll, I'll tell you why. One, you know what's going on mm-hmm. and you know immediately. And two, you can really surprise your missus when you get home if your account's linked and she's just been out spending <laughs> money. <laughs> well, actually. And because you yeah. sort of go, oh, how did you get on at um, you know, the shops today? How did you know I've been shopping? Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, on that on that point, um, it happens in reverse as well. well I that, should say on that point, I opened a Sterling Bank account, and then my wife, um, I could well, I, I Sterling, Starling, what is it? Starling, Starling, Starling. yeah, Star- Starling, Starling, as in money, but Starling as in the Starling bird. as, as in, in the bird. Yep. Uh, and I, she was looking at starting a small business. I said, well, why didn't you open an account with Starling? And she did. And again, it was it didn't take very long to yep. get open, and she had the account open. Then a few months went by and I was talking to a, uh, an IFA about some things and he asked about family trusts and what happened if, you know, do I have insurance and what happens if I, you know, walk down the street one day and I go under a bus, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. And did we have a joint account? And I said, no, I've n- never had a joint account. It's just me that pays for everything. And he said, well, you have to have a joint account because if anything goes wrong, anything happens to you, it's going to be very difficult for your wife to pay bills, to do anything, just to administer. And she's already going to be traumatized by the fact that you're not here anymore um, or vice versa. So uh, he said, so you have to do a joint account. So I was like, right, okay, joint account. And then I looked at my Starling app and it said um, joint accounts. So I touched on it and it said, I'd like to have a joint account. And it said, okay, who do you want a joint account with? Um, I punched in my wife's name and it came back and it went, congratulations, she is a customer of Starling. Um, Do you want a joint account with her, yes or no? So I clicked on yes. Now my wife was in the house and her phone pinged and she picked up her phone and it said, do you want a joint account with, you know, Ray McLennan, with me? And she said yes. And then it came up and it said, uh, here is your account details, here's your sort code and your cards will be in the post. And literally the next day, two cards arrived. Wow. And that was the joint account opened. There and you if go. you want to move any money into it from your one, you just swipe. So yeah. I, so I always test these things with a couple of quid, you know. Yeah, so yeah. Before yeah. I move a hundred pounds or anything, I'll just I'll, I'll move one pound fifty or something just to make sure it all works. Yes. Um, but it's literally a swipe. So it was a sort of swipe. Do you wish to transfer the money? Yes, yes or no? And it was done. And then ping, it comes up and says you've received one pound fifty. Um, to which my wife immediately went out and spent. So, <laughs> on it. With a five grand overdraft. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, there was nothing, nothing like that. Nothing like but that But this is but amazing. But that's how quick so, it was. So the, the length exactly. of time it took me to explain it to you is yeah. exactly how long it took. Right, um, now, here's the thing that I'm thinking. Okay, the generation that we are, mm-hmm. you know, just a couple of weeks over 30, um, 
You know, we're used to high street banking names. Yep. Everyone else is used to, so millennials, Generation Z, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, they are looking at their phones yep. as their primary resource Correct. and tool. Correct. So if they need to open a bank account, if they can see they can do it on their phone, or somebody says, well, how about you bring down to the bank to oh, meet with someone, yeah. arrange an appointment, which will be inconvenient to you, mm-hmm. um, come down here with a lot of documentation and forms that you probably don't have anymore. So a, a bill, which when you get it online, yeah. they say, no, 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 we need a paper copy. Yeah. Well, they don't send us a paper copy. Well, we can't go any further, sir, yeah. uh, or whatever. Uh, if you could also bring your auntie, your dog, <laughs> and a pint of blood. And you didn't say you know, like measurement. Yeah, yeah. and then you, we might open an account. Now, I know it's changing, mm. but the trouble is they cannot change as fast as these guys can set it up, yeah. put it in the hands of someone, and what's the word of mouth of something like that? Well, it's going to be huge, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, well, look it at is. This. Just do this. Hey, look, here you go. Boom. Well, and if, if you're wanting to do a transaction with somebody who's got an account like that, you can. it's a bit like Apple Pay and all the instant, other things. Yeah, yeah. You can just tap and yep. you know, swipe it. It's fully documented, integrates with your accounts, mm-hmm. uh, sets things up, records things so much more easily. Um, boom. You know, well, this the, is going to be a real problem, and the challenger banks have got the, the head start on this. I think they have. I think they have. Now, there's a couple of things because, um, again, sort of our age group, I was, I, I, I've been bigging this up and saying, look, if you want to open an account, Starling Bank's great. I mean, there are others. We'll talk about others in, in a minute. You know, there's there's various others like Monzo and and uh, well, there's Monzo and uh, who what else is there? There's uh, Tribe, Atom. You know, there's quite a few of them. Right. I, I've got personal uh, personal experience though of I've got a Monzo account as well, which. I must admit I haven't used as much as I've used the Starling account. Okay. But um, I was talking to uh, someone, um, again, a friend of mine, and he said to me, well, um, you know, uh, it's all very well, but uh, didn't one of them go bust a, f- a while back? There was, there was, um, I think it, there was loot, I think, that went bust. Uh, and I had some notes here on my phone, but yeah, loot went bust. Uh, it was a, a digital current account. It was it's it kind of aimed towards students, which launched in 2014. Okay. Um, and it got uh, over 200,000 users, and it got investment from Royal Bank of Scotland, and uh, it went into administration in, in 2019. And it wasn't covered by the financial services compensation scheme, but. The money was ring-fenced under uh, e-money rules and held by um, a solution provider, which was Loot's card issuer. Um, so, uh, What went wrong? Does what, it, can you remember? What went wrong? Um, were they ahead of the t- their yeah, time? Yeah, I think, Did they almost yeah. set it up? Yeah, I think because they were. In, I think they uh, were. Yeah, there's an old in, expression, the pioneers get all the arrows. Well, and, yeah. uh, they were one of the pioneers. Because um, uh, I would have thought the tech now compared to then... Um, has moved on dramatically. Yeah, it absolutely has. So maybe they created something that actually wasn't as cost efficient as what you can do now. Well, the, I think comparing them to Starling, Starling uh, raised a hell of a lot more money than Loot did. And uh, they also, like I say, built their IT systems from the ground up. And um, they've got, also, they've got a, a customer review score of 80 percent or something okay which is very very high compared to normal um, banking which yeah. i would have thought would be in the low single digits well uh, <laughs> yeah okay well there's, all right well that's another podcast that is that is, is completely um, another podcast is our customer review of high street banks 
Well, they've had... I mean, Starling Bank is kind of up there with First Direct and Monzo. And, and First Direct have been, uh, you know, the industry leader for 20 years, haven't yeah, they? Yeah, they have. Absolutely. So, yeah, right up there. Yep. So um, look at that. Let's have a look at this. Okay, so we're looking at a consumer score here, and we've got in the first place First Direct, Starling Bank, Monzo Bank, Nationwide, MS, Metro, Co-op, and then the first of what you would recognise as the big names is what in eight, eighth, 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 eighth yeah. Barclays, um, tied with Halifax and Santander. And Santander. Yeah. yeah. So you can see that these challenger banks are. They're filling the top slots. They are, absolutely. And the bottom of the list is Ulster Bank, Tesco Bank, Royal Bank of Scotland, Claysdale Bank, Bank of Scotland, Trustee Savings Bank. And They're all the way yeah. down there. So, um, so yeah. Okay, so, so the challenges are doing something. Now, why are we telling you this? Well, sometimes um, if you're wanting to do something, raise money, um, do a project with someone and they say, do you have a, uh, an account to do this? Yep. You can obviously set one up incredibly quickly. If they are also a customer, right, as you so brilliantly described, you can create a joint account in moments. Mm -hmm. You know, this is something that can make um, a project go forward yeah, far indeed. quicker. Now, there's another reason I wanted to mention Challenger Banks, and that is because if you think about um, Starling Bank, who have... Uh, you know, suddenly got 1.25 million accounts. Mm -hmm. Now that's 1.25 million accounts and over 100,000 small business accounts that have not gone to the high street banks. Yes, yes. Now, and if you think about how fractional banking works, which is that a bank has to have customers, the customers have to make deposits, yep. and then based on those deposits, that affects the balance sheet of the bank and it then affects how much they can borrow and how, therefore how much they can loan out. Yeah. Now, I was because they can lend out. Is it ninety eight percent? It's something like that. Something crazy. I think it's, it's a two percent capital retention or yeah. something, whatever yeah. it is. And so, for every hundred pounds lodged with them, ninety eight of it or so can be out with other people, lent out to other people. Absolutely. Yeah. Then they've got fractional banking, which means you can effectively create loans out of thin air. But that is yeah. another podcast completely. Yeah. That's a completely separate podcast that we will do. But. In order to be able to lend the money, they have to have a customer base and they also have to have customers who deposit money with them. Yep. Now, since 2008, on a totally different subject of family offices, in 2008, there used to be about 300 family offices in the UK. Now, a family office would be something like Sir James Dyson, who decides to put his wealth with his own um, fund managers, if you like, and create a family office to make investments on his behalf. Yeah. So whereas before he would have put it into, uh, a, you know, a bank, you know, a, a, a private bank or one of the main banks, and uh, his money would be held there. It's now not held there. It's now held somewhere else. Maybe held offshore. And if it's held offshore, that's for no other, you know, it's not for tax avoidance reasons or anything like that. It might be held offshore because. Um, there is a thing called withholding tax, but that's a completely different matter. But it might be held offshore because under the financial uh, compensation scheme, he's only going to get 85 grand back. Whereas, yeah. whereas when so it's spread amongst a number of banks and it's abroad, it yeah. just basically means he can access cash yeah. you know, w well, without it, having to rely are, on, one, on it, one person. It's like putting £500 million into something and then saying your insurance policy will only cover you for 85 grand. Exactly, it? it's insane. You, you know, you're not going to be comfortable with so that. So in, in 2008, 
2008, there were only 300 uh, family offices. And then obviously we had the financial crash. And suddenly uh, in the last number of years, there are now over 1,400 mm-hmm. private, uh, sorry, family offices. Okay. So it's gone from 300 to over 1,400. That's a massive increase. And each one of those will have a sort of fund manager, a, a factor, an accountant, someone that looks after it, someone that makes investments on their behalf. And the returns they get is much better than you would get on the stock market. You know, they, they invest in a wide variety of businesses, EIS, they invest in property, they invest in all sorts of things, spread their risks sort of all over yep. the place. Yep. Um, but by not having their money in with the traditional banks and by a lot of them have invested in challenger banks as well, because challenger banks, you know, came along, uh, they made, an, they made uh, offers uh, for investment. Um, and as we know that, uh, say, hedge fund managers um, put a lot of money into uh, into the likes of Starling, it was something like 100 million uh, that they put in. So they were investing in these things as well as using them. Yeah. And that's growing the customer base. And that means now that these challenger banks now are building up a strong position that they will be able to enter the market and to make investments and to make loans and so on. So they will be able to make the loans to the people who've been their customers the longest because then they can see, they'll use algorithms to track what those customers are doing and find out you know, where they're spending their money and, and, and make their own judgment as to whether or not that's an investment they can make. Mm-hmm. So they've now got a hundred, mm-hmm. they've got the data from a hundred thousand small businesses and and within that 100,000, there's going to be the cream that will rise to the top. And if they then approach the bank, you know, having had a good track record over a number of years, and they approach the bank looking for money to expand, to grow, to develop, you know, it's going to be a no-brainer. They're going yeah. to be able to make the investment. But more importantly, the hedge funds and the investors who've invested in the bank as shareholders, sometimes even as they may have a fiduciary duty within that bank, they will get to see those opportunities as well. So they will get another opportunity to invest. So uh, all in all, the, you know, these challenger The challenger banks, banks are making a pretty good challenge. And, and don't forget, um, at the moment, with the, we'll go back to, we might as well finish the podcast on the virus topic. Mm-hmm. The virus topic has, has meant a historic cut in interest rates to... You know, 0.25%. 0.25%, which effectively means it is pointless savers putting their money there. Correct. Because it's not guaranteed anything above 85000 You might as well shove it under the mattress because that's as in probably more insured than it is within the bank. Um, so you've got a problem there with savers, which means that people aren't lodging money with the traditional banks, which means that they can lend out less. Mm-hmm. And this is causing a, you know, a contraction. So you've got challenger banks stealing customers. Mm-hmm. You've got people pointless investing or saving because the returns are so low and that just means that high street banks are, are weathering a you know a pretty rough storm at the moment yeah because also they were pretty much after the financial crisis told to stop doing their uh, casino gambling type investment <laughs> yeah. uh, which was which had been driving most of the profits and revenues uh, so going back to just high street banking Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the times are tough for them. And then when you've got these legacy systems that are costing a fortune to both operate and are not agile enough to attract new customers, you know, this is a problem. Mm-hmm. Because we've spoken about it before. If you get to be uh, 
you know, a, a customer of a bank. I remember the Griffin Savers. Um, <laughs> all right, I'll laugh. I've, I think I've still got the bag. Was that Midland? Yeah, yeah, that's it. Was that the um, 1950s? And then Barclays had one as well. Was that the 1950s? That? Oh, please. Was it... hey, that's outrageous. Was it lashings of ginger beer <laughs> with, your, with your penny I, account? I still take it to the gym. <laughs> oh, uh, um, Griffin. Oh, but, for God's sake. <laughs> what I mean is, you signed someone up when they were young. Yeah. And they mm -hmm. stayed with the bank for their life. Yep, indeed. Yeah. It was very, very much they didn't move. Now, these challenger banks, I think what they might find in the future is that people will open other accounts. If it's that easy and it's that simple to do, they may well not have what the high street banks had, which was customers for life. Mm. They may have people that dip in and dip out far quicker. Mm -hmm. It waits to be seen. Customer service normally uh, keeps people there, doesn't it? It does. But, yeah, uh, yeah they, there's all these things going on. It's uh, it's a fascinating time, absolutely fascinating. Time. Well, I mean, it'd be interesting to see from the data because you've got um, you know all these customers opening accounts. Um, I mean, there are other. You know, we, we should really talk about other accounts, uh, other banks, because there is. Um, we've talked about Starling, and there's also Monzo, um, and Monzo have uh, hundreds of thousands of customers as well. There's uh, was N26, which was a challenger bank that has got 1.5 million customers. Now that is a uh, Berlin-based bank. And because of Brexit, they're no longer accepting uh, new applications in the UK and it will be closing all the UK accounts. So N26 will be closing UA UK accounts in April. Um, and uh, then there is a couple of other banks. There's Tide. Now, we have a business account with Tide, um, which is and, and it's great as well. Yep. Um, and then there's Atom. Now, Atom was founded by an ex-Metro Bank CEO, and they raised something like $400 million from investors and, uh, and, are, 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 and are, are romping up the, ramping up the accounts as well yep. and that they're opening. Um, there's another one called Tandem, and Tandem Bank, uh, they've only been open about a year, and they've got, uh, I think it's about 600,000 users. Uh, they gained a banking license and they also took over Harrods Bank. So um, that's that's another one. Then there is uh, Revolut. Uh, Revolut um, opened, uh, I think they opened in about 2015, 2016 mm -hmm. in, in the UK. Um, and there is uh, Moneys as well. So there's another one. And Nimble is another one. Now Nimble is for children. Nimble is for 8 to 18 year olds. And it allows parents to track their children's spending. There's also, um, and I mean, it's called Nimble, it's very good, but there's also uh, Go Henry. And there's also, um, there's, well, Go Henry is one that Oliver uses, who's my son. Um, that, there you go. So there's so lots of them uses out there. That. And now, uh, there's Osper, Osper Card as well, which, okay. but these are, these are more like prepaid. Yeah, rather yeah, than banking. Yeah. So Nimble would be a bank account, whereas Go Henry and Osper would be a, um, a sort of prepaid right. card. But these um, are great because they're getting kids involved in money and understanding they are what goes on, yep. um, which I think is uh, terrific. But look, there's loads out there. It's becoming easier and easier. But what you're finding is these are all these new challenger banks that are offering these very tech-based um, yep. services. Yep rather than the established ones. The established ones need to up their game and and look at it. It doesn't, just because you open an account doesn't mean you shut your high street banking 
account at the no, moment. No. But I think as people get comfortable with it, try it, you may find that you do few, far fewer transactions within your old established um, bank yep. account and mm -hmm. you will move more and more to this. Yep. Yep. But there you go. And, and for those people that have lost their bank on the high street, then, you know, you've got to do these things, haven't you? Because, you know, you can't get to anywhere to walk into a bank, so you might as well go online and... Well, that's it. Then you might as well try out this new product. So now, I should add in that a lot of these challenger banks, they take, um, if you want to pay money monthly into fee. them... Do they take a monthly fee? No, 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 not that. Well, not that, none of the accounts I have have a monthly fee. Um, the prepaid cards that I mentioned, which is Go Henry for the kids or Curve, they do have uh, fees that you pay. Um, but uh, they can all take in money through um, the post office in the UK. Right. So you can pay go. money in the post office. Yep. And it says it takes three to five days. But any time I've paid in cash, it's been virtually instant. Yep. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm virtually walking out of the post office and I get my phone pings and it says, you know, this money's been deposited. Yeah, so cool. it's pretty, pretty well, damn quick. At, at this point, I should point out that my wife, Sally, came up with a brilliant idea. And her idea was, she said, why don't you just have one building on the high street but each of the counter windows is a different bank. And then one one sort of overhead is shared between five banks. Cracking idea. You know, and, and I thought, wow, that, that is so clever and probably so good that there's no high street bank in, in this earth that uh, would agree to something like that because it would be far too sensible. Yeah. But what a great way. In, integrate it with the post office. Integrate it with other things, and mm -hmm. you could just do it, couldn't you? Now, um, Anne Bowden is the um, she's e a Welsh tech entrepreneur, and she -E is the, she is the founder B O D E N. She is the founder and chief exec of Starling Bank, and uh, she got an MBE for services to financial technology in 2018. Uh, so, if anyone knows Anne Bowden, I'd quite like to interview yeah, Anne it'd be Bowden. Yeah, great to have a chat with her. And uh, Anne, if you're listening, I'm sure you are. <laughs> She owns 24% of the bank. Um, okay. And uh, it, it, so if you could let us know who owns the other 76%. <laughs> uh, that would be interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's raised, you know, she raised, well, more than 70 odd million for her, her startup. And uh, yeah, I'd quite like to well, interview any, her. Well, any of them, if, if anyone out there listening knows anyone who is, um, who's started at one of these challenger banks that we've been talking about or one that we haven't mentioned, Get in touch with us. Uh, we'd love to have a chat with you and find out more because if ever there was a, an example of someone that's had to raise money, it's got to be a challenger bank and their, and their funding. Absolutely. So um, what's the best way of contacting? Uh, best way of contacting us? Yeah, well, you can be... uh, DM me on Instagram at Nigel T. Best. Yep, you can get um, you can get me and Ray at raisingangelfinance.co.uk. Uh, perfect. So, or um, you can at raisingangelfinan on Twitter. <laughs> so there's too many letters in there. You can get us on Facebook, Raising Angel Finance on Facebook. Um, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, well that's all about that. Yeah, there, there you go. Challenger banks, just something different. Discussion on challenger it, banks. It, it yeah. helps doing. Um, Sorting your finances makes it easier, quicker, and from your phone. There you go. And uh, 
Yeah, I also want, if anybody knows uh, Ross McEwen, Ross, who was the chief exec of RBS, and he left that last year, and he spoke to me a few years ago and said after he left the RBS, he would be would consent to be interviewed for this podcast. There you go, boom, Ross. But uh, he hasn't responded to anything I've sent, so he if anybody knows now. Ross McEwen or yeah, Ann Bowden, Ross, get in ready. touch and let us know when we're ready. All right, well, I've been Ray McLennan. I'm still Nigel T. Best. Thank you very much for listening, and goodbye. Yeah, bye for now. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire.